Good morning. Welcome. Almost went right through the stage there. Taking the big leap. All right. People leaving already and I haven't even started. All right. So I'm going to invite you if you'd like to stand and sing, if you'd like to stay seated. We're going to sing a song, say a prayer. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power. To walk through our every fear For spirit, one spirit Is in this very room In this very room In this very room So I invite you to know with me in this moment as we come together this day, in this vibration of the Most High, our singing has opened our hearts and our minds. And so there is something being done unto us as we say yes and we're willing and open and receptive. It is living in that divine co-creation with spirit, with this infinite divine intelligence that we are immersed in, in and through and as each and every one of us. There is no spot. There's not one spot on this planet where that vibration of the Most High does not live. But no more beautifully and wonderfully fully orbed in our consciousness, in our awareness. And so whatever it is that is before us in this moment, I know that each and every one of us is equipped to take that big leap in our lives, to move into the consciousness of the heart and art of of abundant living. The 2010 is a phenomenally wonderful, beautiful year, fraught with surprises with shifting and changing for all of us in ways that we cannot even imagine. But all we need happen for us is to show up and be willing and attentive. Ours is to continue to pull out the seeds and the, 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 the weeds in our garden of consciousness that do no longer serve us well. So I give thanks this time, this day, this moment, in this present moment for all the blessings that have brought us together in this beautiful, powerful community of like-minded individuals that know that we are here to live life and live life fully, fully alive, fully awake, fully present, abundantly present in every area of life. So I give thanks this day for all the teachers whose shoulders we stand upon, for the visionaries who called for this community at this time in this place. It is not by accident. It is by divine right appointment. So I give thanks right here and right now for all that has been, all that is, and all that is yet to be made manifest for us. For it is all for us. For this I give thanks, and together we say, and so it is. Please be seated. I was just, I can peek out the window there and watch people park. It's just amazing. Watching people find parking spots. It's like, what what would we do if we had a parking, a big parking lot? What's the possibilities? Think about it. So it's just a thought. Pardon me? Double Double our attendance. Or who knows, maybe more. 
Yeah, so it, but it's, <clears throat> it's wonderful. It's a wonderful opportunity. You know, the reason we get together is that for all of us to live our best life, and we have an opportunity, we get to pull from all these great wisdom avatars, these great teachers that have come down through the ages. And it's just such a, a great, great, wonderful community to be part of this and to be part of this teaching. And it takes courage. It takes courage because most of us were not raised in this tradition. Anybody here raised in this tradition? One. Two. All right. Well, they'll be up here in a few weeks and I'll be sitting out there with you. <laughs> but many of us were not. And so part of this is, is, is relearning and reframing things because all of it was right and perfect. All of it is right and perfect. If we are to believe that it is all God and all of us are here to live our best life, to share our gifts, then all of it is right and perfect. And we, and we need to bless that and realize it's all for us despite what's happened because what's happened has helped shape us and bring us to this moment. Dr. Holmes used to talk about divine discontent. And divine discontent is the, that nudge that moves us into a new opportunity, a new possibility. And we are, I tell you, we, there, there's a... There's a, uh, there's a there's something happening here and it continues to happen and it's beautiful and powerful and wonderful and it's sometimes difficult to give, it, give words to it. And it's hard to explain it to people sometimes but there's a wonderful, powerful consciousness that we come together and share because we talk about possibility. We talk about something wonderful is happening. And so I want to plant those seeds with you <clears throat> because where we are is beautiful and perfect. We don't have to do anything. Nothing is required of us. We don't need to earn anything. We don't need to impress anybody. But the opportunity is to look in our own hearts and find out, are we living our best life? Are we sharing our gifts and talents? Because at the end of the line, for all of us, it's to share those gifts and talents with the world. Because that's what brings us alive. I watched Dale come off the stage after the first service. I didn't, she disappeared after this one. I couldn't see her. Dale Latissure, who just played for us. And she was just three feet off the ground. She was bubbling with excitement and thanking the musicians for playing with her. And just alive. Because this isn't a live place to play. If I was a musician... I'm kind of a musician. I get to sing every week, and I'm working on my licks on my guitar. This is the place I'd want to play. And so it's wonderful because people, when you walk in here, Dr. Holmes said, if people are not walking into our meetings and receiving the, the, the shift and change in consciousness that they're longing for, we're not setting this up right. And that's my vision for this. And so it's, and it's not that if we, it doesn't happen, we're doing it wrong. It just means there's more for us to do and more for us to know. And that's the level of consciousness. And that sounds so airy-fairy at times, doesn't it? Consciousness. What does that mean? How do you measure it? I think we measure it if our lives are improving. And if our lives are, 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 are if we're living our passion. Gay Hendricks, I googled him. We're doing the big leap. I had my goldfish. It took me hours to get that picture. I had to, kept having to get the goldfish to jump. <laughs> but there's the metaphor. Little fish jumping into the bigger bowl. It's the big leap. It's time for the big leap. I, I googled uh, Gay Hendricks. This is his book, The Big Leap. We have a few in the, in the bookstore. He's a man that dropped, he, he released 100 pounds. Decided he wasn't living healthy. Released 100 pounds. And he said, what do you think the one common denominator about people that, that make that big leap and consistently do it and continue to grow and continue to move into that bigger bowl and the bigger, and the bigger fish bowl, the bigger fish bowl? And he said, It's passion. He said he met Jimi Hendrix when Jimi Hendrix was in New York and he was a young artist starting out. He said the thing that, that he and uh, Miles Davis, he met Miles Davis at the time too, an incredible jazz artist, if you've ever heard Miles Davis. No one, no one will ever match Miles Davis. Incredible, incredible artist. And he said the thing that they had in common was passion. 
So how do we live our passion? Because what happens when we try to make the big leap, I see it all the time here, is people, people will do the affirmative prayer and all of a sudden something will happen. Things will shift and change because this stuff works. This is a provable science. If this stuff isn't working in your life, I suggest you demand your money back right now. <laughs> money back guarantee. This stuff needs to work in your life. And if it isn't, then there's something for us to know about that, for you to know about that. And it doesn't make you bad and wrong. It's, just, it's to be the observer and step back and say, there's something going on here. What is it? Why am I hitting that upper limit? We see it all the time. You know, you see it with great athletes. You see it. Look at Tiger Woods. What happened with Tiger? Something was out of balance. And how much good can you handle? So Tiger created something in his life that reflects consciousness. How about a hockey team that goes down and orders a bunch of stuff in a restaurant and doesn't want to pay for it? Hey, I'm just repeating what I read in the paper. But, you know, I mean, and Marcus Aurelius said this about athletes. He said, never, never put athletes the way we have in our culture. Never put them up. It's temporary. And it means so very little. Uh, Jennifer uh, Jameson, who was the uh, keynote speaker at the Alberta uh, Education Forum, she talked about that. She said, football, football's tribal. You have two tribes, they chase the pig. And whoever gets the pig, then the one that gets the pig gets the cheerleader. <laughs> but it's tribal. It's at a level of consciousness. It's a, you know, last week I talked about Maslow. I said, Maslow talks about survival. Survival's tribal. That's what football's about. And she said, hockey's a little more sophisticated because they use a couple of tools. They got a stick. <laughs> but, it, but it's interesting to look at our culture, what we worship, what we honor. And so when these guys that are, are, have some uh, physical proficiencies, we, you know, we can idolize them. And they're just athletes. I mean, and most of them don't have their lives together. They're just athletes. They've been driven to and from the hockey uh, arena their whole lives and told they're wonderful and powerful. I don't understand why Danny Healy didn't come here after these guys did that in a restaurant in Calgary. It's a perfect fit. but I won't go there with you. But like attracts like. Like attracts like. And I'm not picking on those guys. They got their own crosses to bear. Their own challenges, as do I. But it is interesting to watch how we hit the upper limit and then we stop ourselves. I've had people tell me, you know, I did the prayer work, done the prayer work, things start shifting and changing, and then all of a sudden, I got scared because stuff started changing. The things I was praying for started showing up. Well, how about that? So that's that upper limit challenge. Gay Hendricks says that in this book, Making the Leap. So the big leap is to really move into a new consciousness in a way that requires us to look and ask some questions. The first question he asks in the book is, am I willing to increase the amount of time every day that I feel good inside? It's a simple question. But most of us, from what I've seen, spend most of our time throughout the day figuring out how to fix things. And how we're going to, oh, I've got to go have this conversation, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that. And yet, if we can t- take more time in focusing on what works in our lives... And, f- and it may seem small, but if we can dwell, because as Dr. Holmes said, that which we dwell upon, we become. That which we dwell upon, we become. I am the thinker that thinks the thought, that plants the seed, that creates my life. You are the thinker that thinks the thought, that plants the seed, that creates your life, your experience. And if we understand it's all for us, then whatever shows up for us, we go, wow, this is amazing. You know, I was praying for the, the new transportation, and then somebody stole my car. I was 
praying for the right and perfect relationship. And she left me. <laughs> See, we outline it. This or something better. I always tell people when that happens, it's this or something better. Oh, you didn't get the job? Well, that's not your job to have. See, many times we do the prayer work and we realize it's sometimes like selling a house. What happens, I've, I've watched people come to me and say, can you help me? We're going to sell a house. A lot of times the, the house that they need to move into isn't ready yet. We're not in this alone. Yeah, all of it needs to, to, to fall into pieces that are right and perfect. God's delay is not God's denial. Yet we do the affirmative prayer and all of a sudden it's, huh, it's not working. I'm going back to the temple. Because there they tell me how to think. And they tell me what to think. We'll tell you how to think. We won't tell you what to think. We've got our hands full just telling you how to think. <laughs> so this couple got together for uh, New Year's. Several couples, elderly people. And the, the ladies went into the kitchen to do the dishes. And, and the, uh, the husbands are sitting around in the living room. And they got, one of the guys says, you know, we went to the most amazing restaurant last night. They said, really? The food was incredible. It's great. And one of the guys says, well, what, what's the name of it? And he goes, oh, geez. He said, you know, um, he said, what's that? It's a red flower, red flower. Um, and one of the guys says, carnation. No, 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 no. He said, it's a red flower. And the guy says, another guy says, it's a poppy. He said, no, 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 not a poppy. He said, red flower with thorns on it. And you give it to show love. He goes, oh, rose. He goes, yeah, that's it, rose. He said, and he yells out, rose, what was the name of that restaurant we went to last night? <laughs> I'm telling you, I go through that sometimes with you guys. I have staff ministers walk up to me sometimes. I can't remember their name after I do a talk. It's the most embarrassing thing. Kathleen. Yep, that's Kathleen. Am I willing to increase the amount of time every day that I feel good inside? And it's simple. How do we do that? We, We dwell on something that's working. Just dwell on something. When we start to worry and fret, Hey, wait a minute. This is working in my life. I got here today. I mean, I watched you guys park today. It was awesome. We have some parallel parkers here that are incredible. Am I willing to increase the amount of time that my whole life goes well? It just requires willingness. Anybody here not willing to increase the amount of time your life goes well? Because if you can dwell upon the things that are working, all of a sudden there's a... See, what you do is you step into the vibration. And this is part of retraining ourselves, just stepping into it. Hmm, what's working? Hmm, golly. You know, we went, to, we went to Australia. There were many things there that didn't work, and there were many things that did work. And isn't it interesting, the farther we get away from an experience and de- de- deciding if it was good or bad, then we, we, we select? I mean, that's how we do with everything. If we decide that, that people are out to get us, everywhere we go, we'll be looking around, and we will find people out to get us. We'll attract them. Because we attract to us what we are. And what we dwell upon, we become. And so it just works. It's, it's, it's prophecy is what it is. So why not change the prophecy? Because where your life will go, where this community will go, where this teaching will go, where the planet will go is up to us. There's no 2012 It's going to be over. People have been predicting the end forever. Because it's easier to think of the end than think of the possibilities. Talked about it last week. So much technology. In the last 30 years, you know what we've been subjected to? with, uh, you know, all of the information, but it's all right and perfect. It's going to be okay. It is okay. I, one of the great things that's been happening, I was reading an article this week, is that it's harder and harder for people to lie. 
because the, the youth in China are in touch with the youth in Canada. The youth in Canada are in touch with the ones in South America. And all of a sudden, the lies that, get, that have been shared over and over time no longer stand up. It's a great thing. I might not be able, as I shared with you last week, uh, program the VCR, but you know what? Nobody has a VCR anymore. Now we're onto the CD player and the Blu-ray. Just when I get one, they change the technology. Have you noticed that? Just when I think I got it licked. So am I willing to increase the amount of time every day that I feel good inside? Am I willing to increase the amount of time that my whole life goes well? Am I willing to feel good and have my life go well all of the time? All of those are willingness. It just takes willingness. Just the willingness. Because we forget who we're in, in, in concert with, who we co-create with. When I was a little boy, I was five years old, my father, we grew up, uh, seven sisters, three brothers, grew up in a, a big family. We had a store. Our life was the store. And everybody worked at the store. And when I was five, Saturdays, when I wanted to watch cartoons, I got to go down to the store and work. Man, was I excited. Woo-hoo! Couldn't wait to get down there. So my dad would wake me up and get me dressed, and I'd go down there. And, the, and we had a... And the store had been a uh, trading post, so it had had three different uh, add-ons. And it, it was a small trading po- uh, post around the early 1900s that my great-great-grandfather had. And then there was an addition put on, and another addition. And in the basement, we used to have pop bottles come back. And my job... I was in charge of pop bottles empties. And my dad would send me down there and he'd say, go rack the pop bottles. Go sort them out because you had to have 24 to return it to the Coca-Cola company or to the Pepsi company or whatever. Sometimes and if I was running short and I couldn't fill a case, I would go get a full one and drink it warm and then put it in there. (laughs) I had all kinds of things figured out down there. I was going to fill those cases of pop bottles so I could send them back. And so there were, there were cases that I could never fill. Went on for years. I'm down there, because I was down there every Saturday. And there were spiders down there. And there were spooky noises down there. And there was like one little naked light bulb. And, then, and the space, when I was five, I could stand up in it. But the space where they threw the pop bottles was about four feet. So as I got older, it should have been my younger brother's job when I got older. But it was still my job. I, you'd stand like this for four hours, and then you'd climb out, and you'd slowly straighten up again. So anyway, long story short, I'm down there, and I can't take it anymore. I got at least 22 bottles of something, and 23 bottles of something, and 16 bottles of this. So I start, one of the, under the first build-out on the store, where it had been a trading post, was just a crawl space. Big, big, like, cave back in there. So I started throwing the ones I couldn't match back into the cave. So I'm down there Saturdays and I'm chucking pop bottles and my brother comes down after I've chucked about five in there and goes, what's breaking down here? Oh, nothing. I dropped the bottle. So then I figured out that in order to do this and get away with it, I'd have to wrap them. So I found some paper. I found old building paper and I'd wrap them and I'd throw them back there. It was perfect. Pretty soon all those bottles that had been driving me crazy. I mean, I was dreaming about these bottles because they'd stop the model, they'd stop the size or whatever and they'd change the design and they wouldn't take them back. So, I have to tell you that this was not my proudest moment. Have you ever done anything like that, or am I the only one? I'm five years old. They put me on pop bottles. By God, I was going to make sure that basement was cleaned out eventually. And so, I never felt really proud of this, never shared it. Never, this is the first time, well, I shared it at the first service, so I'm sure. So, don't tell anybody about this. 
even though my mother and brother will probably hear about it on the internet. So I'm cleaning up pop bottles. This goes on for, I don't know, until I finally got out of there. And I go back this summer with Laura. We go back to my hometown. And my brother now, who purchased the store from my dad, and it's been in the family forever. I mean, forever. Over 100 years. And he took it over, purchased the store from my father. It went from a grocery store to a liquor store. My brother now sells liquor, and I'm, and I'm thankful he's there because if it, he hadn't been there, it would have fallen on me to stay and carry on that legacy. So I was really, I just was so happy to get out. So we go back, and what has happened over the last few years is the city has said, we want to take your store because we need to widen the street, so eminent domain. And my brother, who's an attorney, told my brother what to do, get it all set up and get in the plan and said, you need to do this and this and this, which my older brother did none of it. He decided he was just going to fight with the city. Not a good strategy. So they came in, and they eminent domain, they took the store away, and they tore it down. And my brother was just really sad. He really, I think he felt so attached to it. I mean, I had no attachment to it. I was happy. Look, man, move on. Declare victory and move on. Because they, they paid him for the property. They paid him for the business. And they moved him, helped him move to a, a new location. And so we go back this summer. And we go to the new location. And it's beautiful. It's bright. And plenty. the aisles are really wide. And it's just beautifully laid out. And it's in a wonderful uh, area. And just nothing uh, unkind you could say about it. And my brother says, you'll never guess when they tore the store down what I found. What did you find? In all those bottles that I had so deviously chucked into that cave, he had stacked in cases and cases and cases. He said, look at these bottles. Some of these are are worth big bucks. These are collector's items. (laughs) I thought, and so, you know, and I don't think anything happens. You know, I'm always... I'm always in prayer, affirmative prayer for clarity to clean out whatever no longer has any experience. You've heard me say it. You know, if it doesn't have any value anymore, I'm rid of it. And I thought, isn't this interesting? Because the shame that I felt about that, I don't think it was, was alive in me consciously. But whenever we do something on our path, whether we're 5 or we're 55 or we're 105, we carry a bit of that vibration. And the things that, and one of the things I, you know, I never told anybody. I might have told Laura how much I hated doing the bottles down there with the spiders and the lights bent over, bent in half, racking bottles. You get to 23 and that's it. It's like, oh, man. He, had a, he, he, he took everything he could and all these bottles stacked up and he was so happy, so joyful. And I thought, isn't this something? I thought, I was just, I just wanted to make life easy for me. And then it, for him, it's treasure. He's got it. We go back down there. I'm sure he's got all those bottles still stacked up somewhere because he's a collector. He's got stuff. I mean, my brother's, he's got the first nickel he ever made. I wondered where the thrift gene went to. It was when my brother got all that. He does. He's got these decanters. He's got a whole room at home. He owns a liquor store. He's got all those pheasant decanters from Jim Beam, all full. What are you going to do with those? I don't know, but they're worth a lot of money. Okay? So he's into what Maslow would say. You go from security, you go from, you go from survival to security. Security is that empty ghost. It never gets full. Collect, 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 collect. He buys decanter bottles. Some people buy homes. It's, it's, you know, and we can get stuck in there, in, in that, that place. It's the second level of the uh, Maslow's uh, hierarchy of living, of being. It's security. And so, but for me to, to look at that and go back and have that experience, I thought, isn't that a remarkable thing? 
that I felt so bad about that. And now it's such a blessing in his life. I didn't fess up or anything. I just said, wow, that's great. <laughs> and walked away thinking, hmm, that's interesting. But it was a healing. It was a shift in a healing for him. It was a healing for me. I thought, hey, if this was hanging on, if this was keeping me limiting in some way, if that's part of my upper limit problem, so I'm, I'm, I'm praying for something. I'm affirming some experience or some, something I long for because as Ernest said, that's divine discontent. And if I'm doing that, and then I, I start to have the demonstration, but if the consciousness isn't there, so everything has to go that is unlike that experience. And so I, I share that story with you because, you know, for a long time, I don't think it ever occurred to me. But I think growing up, I probably always looked back in that cave and thought, man, there's a lot of bottles back in there. And, probably, and I'm sure, and I know that I felt some shame about it. Those little things. They entrusted me with a job. And I, I didn't hold up my end of it. So it seems small. In the scheme of things, who cares, right? And yet for me, I carried some of that with me my whole life. When people would say good things about me, that was one more reason, that was one more piece of evidence that I, why I wasn't lovable and why I didn't deserve. And it may seem small, but how many small things have you done in your life that you carry with you? And so it's really about willingness to clean it out. I asked to be made aware of anything that's still alive in me. And then I went back and had this experience. So what am I going to do? Discount it some more and ignore it or say, you know what? This is true. I did this thing. Maybe it's time to come clean and just and bless it for what it is. Celebrate it. And realize what a blessing. What a blessing to have the continuity and that history and to be able to look back and say, wow, isn't that interesting? Am I willing to increase the amount of time every day that I feel good inside? And so part of it, some of it, looking at it for me is, the, is looking at the blessings. Sometimes we think we're, we're doing things that may not be the highest and the best. And then we look 51 years later and it turns out to be a blessing. I would never would have predicted that. Am I willing to increase the amount of time that my whole life goes well? The willingness. The whole life goes well. Am I willing to feel good and have my life go well all of the time? What, if it, what would it feel like to have your, our life going well all of the time? And as, as Gay Hendricks says in this book, if, if we're the least bit interested in that and think it might be possible, don't we owe it to ourselves to at least try? As we go along this month, I'm going to invite you to come on up as you get clear about being willing, I'm going to put some Sharpies out probably in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to invite you to come up and write, I'm willing, on this big leap. We're going to cover it with I'm willings, but you've got to be willing. You've got to be committed. I don't want you going up there and writing it if you're not fully committed. If you're not in 100%, wait till you are. And we'll leave it around. If you're not ready this month, maybe next month. But it's that willingness to step in. See, spirit knows, spirit knows the how. We just have to identify the What? This is all about living in our genius is where we're going with this. I'm going to share with you. He tells a story in here of a man, Dr. Uh, Dr. Jordan, Richard Jordan, and he developed a business, and he got an offer. He was going to sell his business and move on to something else. got an offer for $3 million. So the offer came in, and they were negotiating, and they were offered him a contract for two years of work as a consultant at more salary than he was taking when he owned the business, which was great. And all of a sudden, they got to the end where they were finalizing the negotiations, and they started arguing about one extra week of vacation. He needed an extra week of vacation. So finally, the, the company that made the offer threw up their hands and walked away. And, he, and he, the, the offer fell through. And he said, what I realized was that was the $3 million, that was the $3 million gift. 
He said he formed two questions to use in his life going forward from that point. He said, because he realized what happened to him, he reached the upper limit problem. He didn't feel deserving. He didn't feel his company was worth $3 million. So he found a way to mess it up. And so the two questions are, how much love and abundance am I willing to allow? And how am I going to get, excuse me, how much love and abundance am I willing to allow? And how am I getting in my own way? We get in our own way. Because that which we long for many times, we haven't established the consciousness yet. That's why it takes a little bit of time to, to unravel the consciousness. That's why it's not instantaneous. Gay Hendricks says in his book, actually it was an article I googled and got some of the information on him. He says, one of the, the challenges with the secret, and what people don't get and wasn't shared in the movie, if you saw the secret or read it, is that in order to work it well, you have to be in absolute integrity. Absolute integrity. And so it's about cleaning these things up. So for me, going forward, I realize, you know what, there's, a, there's that little boy that threw the pop bottles. I got some guilt and shame about that. And even though it turned out to be a blessing for my brother, if there's anything still alive around that, I give it up. And I forgive that little kid. Because sometimes the, the healthy adult's got to show up because the, the kid can't do it. When we get scared, that's the little kid inside of us. And that's why it's so important to be able to have the conversation and say, you know what, buddy, you did the best you could. I know you're not proud of it, but it's time to put it down. And I share that with you because I think for all of us, we have things alive like that. Many of us were raised that way. The only relevant question, Gay says in this book, is whether you will let it be possible for you. If you'd be willing to accept the possibility, you're on the way to experiencing real magic in your life. I'm for the magic. And, it, and it's not selfish. It's just a matter of doing the work. It's, it's a matter of doing the work in consciousness and having the courage and having the integrity to step up and say, I screwed up. And I'm going to love myself for doing that because I understand it and I wouldn't do it that way again if I could. That's the other important piece is to learn from it and make new choices by it. That's how we all learn. He says, once you make a commitment to inhabiting your full potential, your ego is suddenly faced with extinction. It's been making excuses for you your whole life. Now if your commitment is to make the big leap is sincere, your ego will need to be shown the door. Unless you're lucky, your ego will probably not go quietly. It had a lifetime of employment history behind it. <laughs> Fritz Perls, he, he, he developed the Gestalt therapy. And he said that fear, because every encounter with the infinite is, requires tra- trembling. So get ready for trembling if you're going to make the big leap. Fear is excitement without the breath. Fear is excitement without the breath. What happens when we get scared is that we, we breathe less, which makes the fear bigger. Do you notice that? It, when you start to get scared, if you just slow down and start breathing a little bit more, you can just be with it. You bring the presence that Eckhart Tolle talks about. You bring the presence to that. And every time you bring the presence to it, it diminishes it a bit. But it's gradual, sequential, inevitable. We gave you some um, uh, bookmarks to this, this day. The Big Leap bookmarks. Why don't you take these with you? And put those somewhere where you can see them. And, and, and if you're willing, each day, and maybe several times a day, I expand in abundance, success, and love every day. Dwell on that. Bless the abundance you have. If you have extra chains sitting on your dresser at home, you're in the top 5% of people on this planet. If you have extra change. You, you might think you're not a millionaire, and that doesn't, you're not abundant. We are, we are so abundant. Abundance is not about this. This art and heart of abundant living isn't about money. That's one piece of abundance. 
If we're empty ghosts, there's not enough money that's going to fill us up. The art and heart of abundant living. I expand in abundance, success, and love every day. And as I inspire those around me to do the same. See, then you are, you are just the, you're welcome wherever you go. You're on fire. It's like Dale when she got off the stage. She was three feet high, metaphorically, just so happy and joyful. She's in her gift. She's sharing her gift. Because, as Gay says, and you've heard me say this many times, but here we are again, the goal in life is not to attain some imaginary ideal. It is to find and fully use our own gifts. So I support you in, in your own gifts, wonderful gifts. You may not even know what they are yet. Or maybe you know what they are, but there's some fear around it. And so you hit that upper limit. And you sabotage yourself. You go sideways with it. You, you bring the wrong people into your experience. You, you hook your, hit your wagon to the wrong person. It's okay. It's okay. That little five-year-old kid in you, just give him a hug, pull him close, love him up. That's the one who gets scared. You know, all just so brilliant and beautiful. This, this whole... The big leap is really about stepping into genius. Stepping into what the, what the planet needs right now. Dr. Ken Gordon said it in, the, in Melbourne when we were down there for the, the Parliament of World Religions. There's enough water. There's enough food. We have a distribution problem. And we have leadership. What we need to do is shift the consciousness so the leadership reflects the heartfelt needs of the, of the, the community, the world community, visionaries. We have some of them up on the wall here. We have some new banners coming in next week. But visionaries and consciousness given birth to the new idea. So all we need, you and I, is a, is a bigger idea. That's why it's called new thought. We're not here to protect this teaching. We're here to use these principles and to help make the world and our lives a better place. And for you to live small and for you to not live in your genius, we all lose. Every one of us. So I want that for you because I want that for me. Absolutely. She's so happy and excited over here, she's screaming already. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the thing I would ask you to do, the, the, the specific action step I would invite you to do is every time you, you take a shower, every time you wash your hands, every time, if you take a bath, whatever, every time you cleanse yourself, allow that water to be a metaphor, to wash away whatever no longer serves you. Most of us do that. A couple guys in the back there don't bathe as often as we'd like, but most of us do that. <laughs> Let that water wash, wash it away. We do that every day. Make it spiritual practice. I was talking to a friend of mine this week, and I said, you know, when I'm in the shower, all these brilliant hits come. It's amazing. Laura always says, are you coming out of there? We're out of hot water, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm writing stuff down. But it's wonderful. It's a wonderful space. It's great spiritual practice. When you're in the shower, when you're cleansing your physical form and blessing it, we have, we have miles to go, many thoughts to plant, many seeds to plant. And so I just, I honor you, I celebrate you. I'm very excited about taking the big leap. And all it requires is our willingness. I want you to take this, I want you to take this bookmark home. I want you to ask yourself throughout the week. And I'll make a list of these. I'll have these for you next week, these questions. Because you're not going to all want to be able to or want to buy the book. And that's okay. I am willing to increase the amount of time every day that I feel good inside. I am willing to increase the amount of time that my whole life goes well. And I am willing to feel good and have my life go well all of the time. And so it is. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Love you guys.